welcome uh, to a pastor and his people uh, podcast of the Park Baptist Church to learn a little bit more about our membership and how we can better serve the Lord uh, together. Today, uh, I am with uh, Daniel Huddleston, uh, a deacon of our church, a member for a couple years now. Uh, Daniel, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Well, I grew up here in Rock Hill, South Carolina. We uh, moved down, my family did when I was about eight, been down here ever since, and have lived here other than going to Liberty University where I got my degree. Where I graduated in 2004, I went to Rock Hill High School and go Bearcats and go Bearcats and have uh, been here ever since. But my dad was a pastor, and um, yeah, so we've been here for uh, ever since then. Well, tell me about your uh, you're married, couple kids. Yes, three. I have three wonderful daughters: uh, Hannah nine, Chloe Lily or uh, Chloe seven, Lily five. I met my wife Jen. At Westminster Presbyterian Church, right after wait, I graduated. Wait, wait, wait. Can, can I ask a question? Sure. You said Westminster Presbyterian Church, but you've been raised as a Baptist. What was that about? I have. Well, I'm glad you asked that, Dave. Uh, when I graduated from college, I got my first job right out of the chute was at Rollinson Road Middle School, working in the in-school suspension uh, room, which was a fantastic <laughs> year. It was it was a wonderful year of molding and breaking and then remolding again. Well, I found myself needing a job at the end of that year, and as it would, ha- as uh, the Lord would have it, uh, a friend of my mom's went to Westminster Pres at the time, and they were looking for someone who could help with their ROAR program. It was actually the same position that Riley Lynch was in mm. for a while, and so me being the athletic gentleman that I was, <laughs> I, uh, I applied, and it was a paid position, so I worked with them. Funny little side note. One of the best experiences that I had was running a basketball camp for about six to 11-year-old girls for a week in that summer. And, uh, you know, of course, I passed on all of the skills that I learned from a Pistol Pete Maravich camp as well um, onto them. But anyway, long story short, I, I worked for there for a summer, met Jen that following summer when I started to work with a youth pastor, um, doing some work with uh, high school guys. We got together later that year about October November and then we got engaged in January of 06 and married in June of 06 and then a couple of years later Hannah our firstborn came along okay. so well let me ask you this growing up as a PK yes. uh, of course I'm raising PK so I want to make sure that you know they're you know have a good church experience what was your experience being raised as a uh, preacher's kid uh, it was it was wonderful and I, I say it was wonderful because I was I've been incredibly blessed with the particular mom and dad that I've had, that I got to see them not only serve the church as pastor and as my mom would lead worship, I not only got to see them in the context of what they would do with the rest of the believers, but for me, I got to see how it was authentic and it was genuine and how they lived it out at home as well. So there was no hypocrisy. There was no um, being two-sided. It was and that's one of the things that I had the privilege of for many years and really still do in regards to my dad being not just my pastor, but a friend. And, um, it was in just by the nature of where we were, I never felt any pressure. I was, uh, perhaps ignorant at times to certain things, but, uh, I never, it was overall a really good experience uh, for me. Now you, uh, first came to Park Baptist Church, you were in a class, a quick class to talking about hermeneutics and stuff, mm-hmm. the study of interpretation of the scriptures. Um, and then, you know, your, uh, fellowship Baptist church kind of got, kind of 
got low in numbers and you guys merged with uh, Park Baptist Church. How has that merger been? You don't find many stories of churches merging no, with churches. No, you don't. And it's been a wonderful testament to the grace of the Lord because I know my dad just been conversing as well as you, I think, with other people and hearing that our merger was a success and how it went very well. It's been nothing but glorious <laughs> on our end. Uh, just seeing the number of us that came from fellowship, how we've really dived in, how we've, do- how we've dove in to to Park and just the acceptance from Park in regards to us just becoming one fellowship and uh, feeling like the, the, the brothers and sisters that I have here now, gosh, it feels like it's been much longer than what it has been, two years in March, but they've just become some of the smooth some of the sweetest, some of the dearest friends that I have. And it just seems, um, like I said, that it's been much longer than two years, Amen. but overall, very, very, very good. Now, what's your job? I, uh, I currently work for the city of Rock Hill as what is called a pre-treatment inspector. So I, were you trained for that? I was funny enough. I was not trained for that. I got my degree in biblical studies at Liberty and long story short, I worked in the school district a couple years. Wasn't, the least stressful of positions. I started looking for anything. And so I found this one job posting one, one day on career builder that basically was very, it just said good handwriting skills. You know, you need a high, you need a high school diploma. And so it was for an environmental lab up in Charlotte. And, uh, I went and it was really, really cool. I worked for this private lab up in Charlotte for about seven years. And then I was looking because of some turnover and for some, and because of some transitions in the company, I was looking at getting out of that particular position. And actually, when Lily was born, the when we were in the hospital, I, and to this day I don't know why she was upset, but when Jen was about to deliver, I was on a cot looking for jobs, asking her, you know, we're about to have a baby, why not let's do one other transition, and I can look for another position. And so I got a job in the city working in the laboratory, like so that was more on the analytical side. And now, last May, I transitioned into the environmental enforcement side. So I'm going around to industries, kind of checking them, making sure that they aren't dis, uh, distributing into the collection system anything that would be harmful to our uh, good old wastewater treatment plant here in Rock Hill. So you never know the, the path that the Lord will take you, but I will say I'm so thankful for that because I come in contact with a lot of people, and uh, especially ones who would who would need the gospel. It's, well, let me ask you that. How do you... Um, uh, are you in trying to be intentional bringing the gospel to to the workplace? Just to be aware. I've had the privilege of getting into a, an ongoing friendship and relationship with a, a friend of mine now whose name is Derek, and he's a Muslim. And this started a couple of years ago, actually before I came here to park. And just through the smallest of awareness of when he was going through, I remember him telling somebody else that he was a Muslim. And one day when he was coming around, he was part of the janitorial staff that was cleaning the building. When he came around and had collected my trash, I just made uh, I just made a comment. I said, "How was the uh, How was your fast going?" Because it was during Ramadan, and he said, "Good." And he said, "Well, you know, you guys fast too." You know, he knew I was a Christian. I said, "Yeah, but it's not quite the same." And so, just through the smallest of interactions and being aware of of situations that the Lord was presenting, we've gotten into a wonderful discourse over a couple of years, and it's and we're and he, he's not a Christian yet. But we're still having wonderful conversations. He just came over to, the, to our house a couple of weeks ago for the first time. And I can see that it's been, long story short, it's been a wonderful example for me of friendship evan- or uh, friendship evangelism. 
like when we came over or when he came over the other week, we just, we just conversed. I was asking about his life and we built an actual friendship. He knows where I stand on the gospel and we've had conversations back and forth and it's been wonderful in regards to what he believes, what I believe, but our, we plan on getting lunch soon. So I would say just being aware there's just in the smallest of phrases and, and, um, Oftentimes it's what you don't do in regards to having a clean mouth or the way that you present yourself, being thankful and just having a positive attitude in the workplace that you can be very much a light for the Lord in the, in the secular environment. There's there's many things I love about you, uh, Daniel Huddleston. One of them is your um, constant use of the word grace. You love God's grace. You feel like you want to be saturated in the grace of the Lord. Uh, Another thing I love about you is your love for God's word, right? And you love God's word. You love studying God's word. You love teaching God's word. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how how you uh, use that love for God's word in teaching the two different aspects here. You know, maybe talk about your ministry among the college students on Monday nights, the college guys. And then with our middle school kiddos. Yeah, just real quick touching on what you what you were saying about grace. His grace blows me away. Cause and I, I often share this with, with people I'm talking to, like I shouldn't be where I'm at. Like the um he has given me such grace over my life that there's been many spots in in the roadmap of my um journey that my that I little landmines should have gone off. But his preserving grace I'm always constantly uh, amazed at. But with the college students, that's been a wonderful experience, um, just being able to take whatever the Lord is showing me through a particular passage. And those Monday night Bible studies, there's nothing better than when the Lord will open your heart and make you alive and aware to a certain truth in the Scriptures. There's nothing better than to pass it on. And especially when you have the privilege of leading a group of, of young guys or, or with some others, you know, young girls, to see the light click. And just to realize that that's not your ability that is causing that to happen, but it's your obedience to the text, it's your obedience to the to the study of Scripture that the Lord is using, who is there, to awaken their hearts. And just and for me, it's just thinking about their stage in life. I think back to, you know, even though we're still young men, thinking back, you know, as we get a little bit older, to that age and how helpful and how beneficial, because at the college age, there's so many forks in the road. There's so many paths that you can take and approaches and methodologies and a common question is often, you know, what is the will of, of the Lord in my life? Well, when you look at Scripture, it's not really that mysterious. You delight yourself in the, in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You can, when you were in the Scriptures, when you were walking according to the Spirit, whatever you want, that's the freedom that we have in Christ. So so with the college ministry and just being able to, kind of a selfish bonus in an aside, being able to work with Whit and Jamie and, and Jen and myself, it's been a... Um, it's just been a real privilege. On the, on the middle school front, it is, it was, I'll be perfectly honest, it was a little intimidating when we first came Which is in. more intimidating, middle school or, or <laughs> I, college I don't, I don't know. Like, I, can, I can honestly say it was almost equally intimidating coming in to the middle school, in, to the middle school class because uh, it was Elizabeth, Timothy, Tess, you know, and, and that's grown. And like some of the core uh, kids in that group just knew their stuff. And so, but at the same time, it was a benefit because we would have a, maybe a further starting point. Uh, it, one of the things that encourages me to this day is when I'm taking prayer requests in our class and I, I have learned so much from Timothy Schellenberger as far as faithfulness and prayer, because he, we pray for missionaries every single Sunday. There's this missionary pastor, Saeed, pastor Jose, 
we he prays for the Boston trip. I think his little his heart was pricked when he went on that trip, and it's wonderful seeing the trickle down effect. Yeah. Like it's it's wonderful seeing how Elizabeth is reflecting, like you and Ellen, like Timothy and Tess are reflecting the uh, Bobby and Jenny in in their own unique personal way that God has made them individuals. But like Bobby's love for the nations is totally on Timothy, you know, and and. Jenny's love for organization in, in the scriptures. Tess has her little has her, her has her ESV study Bible that she just loves. And so when they come, they come prepared. And so like I've been challenged by them in wonderful ways. But in each instance, just it just it's just a testament of the scriptures that the scripture is relevant. It's powerful, and it's the only source that we have for life and godliness at any age, whether it's college, whether it's middle school, senior saints at any age. Amen. Um, so, no, you're not just a teacher, right? You're also a deacon. How has, you know, obviously you were ordained here and mm-hmm. a sweet moment, you know, for our church family to watch your dad pray over you as you kind of stepped that the mantle as a deacon. Uh, what have you learned about church ministry uh, by serving on the deacon board? Church ministry, well, obviously by the name of deacon, I've learned how to serve and how even though if I'm not the best at something, i.e. Dan Mast and hands-on and everything who is just incredible. I mean, you can't really compare I mean, yourself to Dan Mast. Let's just I know. I am so who thankful. can't compare I'm yourself? So, <laughs> I'm so thankful that man is humble. Uh, no, but I mean, I've learned in a, in a relatively short amount of time, because it hasn't been a whole long time that I've been on the deacon, the deacon board, just how important unity is and how, like, what you've been preaching on through it lately, that there's, in, in small parts in, of the life of the church, there's always room for the enemy to sneak in. And I'm so thankful that our deacons are who they are because the unity that we have in the body transfers over when we go into a deacon meeting and when we pray, we're all on the same page. We all want, it's not like there's bickering or anything like that. So I would say that leadership, watching Adam lead the meetings and Chris lead the meetings just watching the structure and the organization of those and just the privilege of, for me, one of the highlights has been being able to be a part of communion, um, getting to help Adam prepare the elements one, one time, just the sacredness of that I count as a real privilege and, uh, just the ways that the Lord continues to teach me to serve because it's incredible how pride can sneak into one's heart and just the, uh, how important it is to be killing pride. And so I've really been, I've really been blessed just in the short time that I've been able to serve as a deacon. Yeah. And I would just say to those who are listening, I would just encourage you to pray for our deacons because one of the functions of deacons, we, you know, they were created to um, deal with disunity, right? Mm -hmm. That there was disunity in the church and God raised up godly men full of the spirit to address that uh, disunity. So praise God that, you know, what you see among our body, the unity that we have is also, you know, very um, evident, and our deacon body. Praise God for that. Um, so you have three daughters, right? Um, bless you. <laughs> you know, uh, each one of them is unique and as, uh, as expresses the, their love for their dad in different ways. Yeah. Um, now one of the challenges that you and Jen have has had to uh, raise uh, Chloe and she has some special needs. What are, what are some of the things that she struggles with in particular? Uh, she, uh, we don't know if she's on the autistic spectrum, but we think she is. We've been able to take her to, some behavioral and developmental uh, doctors up in Charlotte. We're thinking that she's on that spectrum. We've never got a particular diagnosis. But when you meet her, uh, 
She is literally one of the most joyful people I've she, ever she met. She sure is. No, and, and she, I'm serious, man. Like she puts me to shame in going up and meeting people. Like whether we go to the park or the playground, the fact that someone's a stranger means nothing. Like she'll go up and say, "Hey, this is my dad," and like just start conversations. That it, it's just absolutely wonderful. But she has her struggles. Um, she has probably what they've categorized to be a, a severe language delay, developmental delay, what they would say. Um, she's pretty good in math, but when it comes to language, I think she can understand more than she can verbalize and communicate. But those would probably be her particular, and I think just in general, like her mind can get going faster just to stay on task in, in some ways. But those are some of the particular struggles. That well, she would have. One of the just kind of follow up yeah. questions, maybe two. One would be, what has God taught you? Um, maybe a couple of nuggets. What God has yeah. taught you raising uh, Chloe, and then how can we, as a church family, uh, better care for you and for her as she is kind of struggling with these different things? It's unbelievable, Dave. Like the the mm, the love that the Lord has for me. Uh, he has taught me so much in regards to how shallow my love can be for others, even when it comes to your own children. Like Hannah doesn't have those struggles. Lily doesn't. And so I find oftentimes it's easier to love because of the response that I'm getting, or in other words, the lack of resistance or difficulty that we might have when we might just go out to Walmart or go to a a regular event. And I can see in the sinfulness of my heart, how I transpose that onto my love for Chloe and it kills me. And the Lord, and it's a daily thing. It's a regular, it's a regular thing where it's almost like the Holy Spirit whispers in my ear, but this is how I want you to love her the way that I love you. And honestly, the way that I react, I think oftentimes to the Lord is far worse in regards to any tantrum that she could throw. And yet his love for me is uh, constant it does not change. Uh, in regards to the second question, I think just being understanding, as any parent of a special needs child would tell you, the connection that a parent has with a child is so intimate anyway. And when you have a connection between a parent and a child that, of a special needs nature, you're always on edge. Because if they throw a fit, when you go in, when you go in, the, in the grocery store, when you go somewhere and you get the stairs and you, you get the looks and people don't understand the background or people don't understand the entirety of what this child consists of. And it's not, it's not just reduced to an event or a tantrum that might be going on. I would say this for our, for the people in our church, the more words of encouragement, uh, not just to us, but to Chloe, the more times that you can just be like, you know, it's okay. The more that you can get down on Chloe's level and engage and even if she says something that is nonsensical, which she will, just say, "Hey, you know what? That is really cool." She will smile. She will. She gives she the will best. Liven up. She gives the best um, running hugs out of anybody in the church. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> she will run she, from it makes, one end of the church to the other to knock you down it with makes a big her, old hug. It makes her day. And I'll say that one final point: whether it's Chloe or Harlan or someone else uh, who has special needs, I know with Chloe particularly that if you see her having a tough time. A small word of encouragement can make all the difference because she can be all out frustrated and then it just might take, you know, it might just take something as simple as, hey, Chloe, you okay? 
like drawing her in, she can change as fast as she can get upset. So mm. we think, and Jen and myself, we just thank everyone for the love that, that they give to Chloe and the understanding. And like I was, meant, I was t- uh, texting Simeon last night. I think this is an area in our church that can grow. And if there's any community that can have a propensity for despair, it's the special needs community. So the privilege to love on those uh, in that community is just a wonderful privilege. Amen. Uh, well, one of the books that we read in our, in our internship together, uh, Praying Life by Paul Miller, uh, talks about how God grew his prayer life and his reaction uh, with his own daughter in special needs. So if you haven't read that, I would encourage you not just to, to learn more about someone's heart, uh, inner workings of their heart with those who are battling special needs, but specifically how to grow your uh, your uh, prayer life. Um, you, you've mentioned recently things that you're excited about, what God's doing in life at the church. What, what, do, you, what do you see God doing at Park that really, that really is encouraging your heart? The uh, the love. <laughs> I mean, the Lord said that they will know you're my disciples by the love that you exude. And the thing that I'm constantly encouraged on or about at Park is the is the level and the balancing of doctrine with love. And I think you do a wonderful job of emphasizing that, especially like and you say this often. Those of us in the Reformed camp can go grow cold because you know not because of the knowledge and the not but the knowledge can puff up. But to have the love equally. There is such is such a gracious work of the Spirit, but just just looking at what he's doing with the the, mer- the potential merger with the Pastor Sumner and the Spanish ministry is so exciting. It's so wonderful, and just seeing how that mirrors where the Lord has brought us from for, with uh, with the merger in the past couple of years is so exciting to see how the Lord is working in many hearts of our young men, like John Whitaker, who just got ordained recently. And who's going to school? And uh, just I think of James Porter, Ben Oliver. I, it's it's just wonderful how the Lord seems to be very much at work with those who could potentially get trained to become leadership to leave Park even and uh, and be used for the furtherance of the gospel. But what is a uh, uh, one area? I mean, you mentioned the idea area of special needs. So what, what's one other area? Maybe we could be we should be aware of or not take for granted in the life of the church. Maybe yeah. something we could grow in particular. Absolutely. I think for me, it was, and I've been thinking about this recently, but Patty mentioned it last night at prayer meeting, uh, was our uh, senior saints that just as the more that we can write an encouraging note or the more that we can just give hugs, talk, there's, we all have people that we know that, uh, are like us, our same age, our same stage of life. And it's easy to gravitate toward those people, but, I think the senior saints for me would be where my heart would be as well, or the the, the category that would come up as well in, um, instantly. Just to think not to forget about them, that as the Lord is doing many wonderful things and works among our young people, and even as the Lord seems to be drawing new families here, which is wonderful to just make an extra effort to come alongside them, let them know that we love them, and just remind them of their great privilege and responsibility that they have to, like you always say, finish well, and to, as they're uh, passing on all, you know, for, for them to be an example to the younger generation of what it means and what it looks like to finish well, and to, as they're about to stand before the Lord, um, like, like, Paul, like, like Paul said, have no regrets. Amen. Well, how can we specifically pray for you or your family? Um, well, like, we, like, like you mentioned, just pray that the Lord would continue to give Jen and myself guidance and direction as parents, and specifically, uh, as we parent Chloe, just she's doing really well in school, and all the girls are. But just 
or having a couple hiccups with with school right now, just make sure that everything is going to go well with her, um, that it continues to go well in regards to making sure that she gets the services that she needs at school. Um, For us, just the work-life balance of being in the scriptures, renewing our mind with his word, and that we would serve, not drained, but out of being refreshed and uh, out of a motivation to love and to build and build up and edify the body. And then for me, I'm looking at sometime this year, hopefully starting seminary, which has been a dream of mine for a while. That's great. You know, there's a great opportunity here. It's up at, uh, at Park Baptist church. You can take classes with your pastor. I hear that. You know, it's, the equip, equip program. It's the happening thing. And I might have to look into that. Yeah. So, so it's pretty amazing. <laughs> amazing guy. Great guy. <laughs> well, brother, uh, thank you for taking this time. Let's pray uh, together. Father, I thank you for uh, Daniel and just his love for, for you. And we know that that is a gift from your hand. So we rejoice in it. Uh, God, we do pray that you would give him and Jen wisdom. As they care for Chloe, we thank you so much for uh, her and for Hannah and for Lily. We are just so grateful for for children and the blessing that they are. They are truly a a, a heritage. Um, It's a blessing from the Lord. But God, I pray that you would just give Daniel and Jen wisdom as they parent, Father. Let them lean on you. Let them not despair. Uh, Father, for them and others who have child, children with special needs, God, I pray that you would give them encouragement and hope, Father. For you are the God of hope, Father. I pray that you would give that hope generously. God, I do pray for Daniel's future and whatever you would have him to do. I pray that you continue to make him uh, one who rightly divides the word of truth. And God, we do pray that you would create opportunities for him to teach um, and to harn and honus, uh, hone and uh, harness that gift. So, Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this time. Uh, we ask you uh, to bless us. In Jesus name.